Treasuries were little changed. Gold fell while equities gained on further relief in banks yesterday, mostly due to the absence of fresh news, really. Now, if all goes well, we could finally focus on the latest growth update from the US and the latest inflation update from the Eurozone. So welcome. This is Swiss Coats Daily Market Talk. So we haven't talked much about the banks yesterday or not in the context of fresh news from the banks. So the investor mood was real okay yesterday. We actually saw some further build in investor appetite. So treasuries were kind of flat to cautiously sold on the short end of the curve and capital actually flew into the riskier assets. As such, the US two-year yield consolidated above the 4% psychological mark. Gold retreated to 19 $55 per ounce this morning, whereas the S&P 500 rallied 1.42% yesterday in the US, pulled out the 50-day moving average offers and closed the session above the 4,000 psychological mark, and the Nasdaq 100 index rallied nearly 2% and entered bull market as the rebound since the December dip exceeded 20%. Woohoo! So if you look at the equity markets and the valuations today, you could hardly guess that there is still a bank strategy going on underneath, which actually threatens the credit availability for the coming months and calls for a potential economic recession. But the short-term trades look much, much more optimistic than just a recession, the falling gills, and more importantly, the waning volatility on bonds help keeping the bulls in charge of the market. But I think that it's quite important to remember that the market sentiment remains quite fragile right now after such a shaky month, especially for banks, and commercial bank deposits are actually trending lower as higher yielding savings alternatives like uh, the treasury bills, for example, and money market funds a mass decent, decent amount of inflows. So that's not only messing up with the broad-based market pricing, but also blurs the central bank expectations. And more importantly, if investor attention now could finally shift to the economic data, and if the economic data is not ideal, God forbid, well, we could see the winds change rapidly, rapidly direction in the sovereign bonds pricing. So sovereign debt is obviously one of the safest investment options out there in the market, but it doesn't really offer stable valuations, stable prices to its investors right now. So we could very well see some more volatility in the sovereign market pricing with the fresh economic data as, as I said before, the valuations got severely, severely shaken by the recent bank stress. And when I talk about an ideal economic data, I really, really think of a sticky inflation, which could obviously require further interest rate hikes from the Federal Reserve and from the other central banks of the world. And due today, while the US will reveal its latest GDP update, and well, the expectation is that the US US economy grew something like 2.7% in the fourth quarter of last year, with a stable GDP price index at around 3.9%. Now, while higher than expected inflation indicator is obviously straightforward bad for everyone, resilient growth could actually see a positive market reaction simply on the thinking that, well, 
We are almost done with the Federal Reserve interest rate hikes by now. And, well, the U.S. economy has been doing quite fine, really, and is definitely, definitely at a significantly better place compared to where we thought the U.S. economy would be by now after all the rate hikes from the Fed. So if that's the case, if we see a strong GDP number, the yields could actually continue to trend higher without necessarily waiting on the equity appetite. A soft growth data, on the other hand, from the U.S. could further push the Federal Reserve hawks away from the market. And finally, it could also boost the equity appetite, especially in the short run on the softening Federal Reserve expectations. But obviously, building long positions, expecting recession is not the best strategy, especially in the medium to long run. And if you look at the latest surveys, well, the average forecast for the S&P 500 is at a boring 40-50 level. And this hasn't changed for the past three months. And apparently, such a neutral forecast and inaction on the forecast has never been seen since 2005. Whereas you would agree with me that a lot, but a lot is happening both on the economic data and on the real economy fronts right now for the US and for the rest of the world that should impact stock valuations and the forecast. It's just that investors don't really know what direction to take, so they just sit there around the 4,000 level mark. Anyway, if the bank headlines could just sit still on the sidelines, we will have the luxury to focus on the economic data and eventually to reshape our central bank expectations with somehow a better conviction for the future. Now, the numbers that we will see from the US today are from the fourth quarter of last year. But the CPI data that will be coming in from this morning until this Friday from the Eurozone are from March. And what makes these March numbers so special and so interesting is that from March, well, consumer prices of today will be compared to only and fully to the war months because the war in Ukraine started end of February. And that is expected to have, especially in the next few readings, a significant cooling effect on the inflation data because March is obviously where we started seeing these energy and material prices spike due to the war in Ukraine. And will spread throughout the entire economy. So no wonder the base effects on inflation will be soothing. But how soothing is the million dollar question because years on inflation is expected to ease from 8.5% to 7.1%. That would be great. That's a big fall. But core inflation in the Arizona, which actually filters this energy and food prices, which have been extremely volatile since the war started, is expected to trend higher still, which should then keep the European Central bank hawks easily in charge of the market despite the falling headline inflation. So this brings me to the FX pricing. In the FX markets, the US dollar actually consolidates near the bank stress low levels. And that's actually leaving some space for other majors to breathe. And the euro dollar is now around the 108.40 level at the time I'm talking here this morning. Now, the latest inflation figures from the eurozone that will continue to fall in between now and Friday will help us get an idea on how inflation in the eurozone shaped uh, on year to March. And as I said, investors won't necessarily cheer a softer headline figure because that's expected if 
core inflation points at the top side. And in this context, and given the European Central Bank's decided fight against inflation in the Eurozone, well, we expect to see the euro dollar push toward the 110 mark in case of a stronger and a stickier core inflation numbers. In the energy front, well, tensions in Kurdish region of Iraq, which leads to a 500,000 barrel decline in supply, and that surprised 7.5 million barrel decline in US crude inventories last week, helped pushing the price of American crude toward the $74 per barrel level. We are now back to the levels that we saw before the Silicon Valley Bank collapse, which also sent the energy prices lower on the back of a deteriorating outlook for global demand. Now, because the bank stress is not over just yet, and because the impact on the real economy is yet to be seen with the credit tightening, well, we could actually encounter a decent, decent resistance into the $75 to $77 range, which shelters the 50 and 100 day moving averages. This being said, in the medium run, Commodities and energy remain the most preferred asset class for UBS, as they write in their uh, recent notes. Rising Chinese demand and pledged production cuts from Russia should actually continue giving support to the oil bulls, they say. And if you are sick of the US treasuries and gold and the S&P 500 and Nasdaq and crude oil and energy, well, you are not alone because I saw this morning in Bloomberg News that... Champagne actually outperformed both gold and the S&P 500 with the LiveX Champagne 50 index up by almost 6% last year and 56% during the past two years. That's really not bad at all. So the price action doesn't look bubbly since the end of 2022, unfortunately, but hey, in the worst case scenario, you could always pop it and drink it. So this is all for today. I'm Ipekos Kardeshkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your interesting messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments your reactions and your questions below as usual and follow us on instagram on twitter and on linkedin for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again tomorrow and until then good day trading